Sentire Media. Hello you, you're listening to A History of Italy. Episode 152, Duke Francesco Sforza and his sex-crazed son, 1450 to 1468. Last time, we left off Francesco Sforza finally claiming the Duchy of Milan thanks to the claim of his wife, Bianca Maria Visconti, daughter of the previous duke, Filippo Maria Visconti, after the short-lived Milanese Republic of Sant'Ambrogio crumbled. He had sent off his eight-year-old son, Galeazzo Maria, to seek legitimacy with the Holy Roman Emperor, Frederick III. Although the boy had made a good impression, he had not obtained recognition of the duchy from the emperor. Around the same time, Francesco and Bianca Maria had their fifth of eight children. You'll remember that instead Francesco had a total of 35 children. This fifth child was Ludovico, who, due to his dark complexion and dark hair, would come to be known as Ludovico il Moro, the Moor. Just putting that out there, you might want to remember him. One of the first diplomatic moves that Sforza made was to make sure they were all chummy with the neighbours to the southwest, the Republic of Florence. A house was gifted in the centre of Milan to Cosimo de' Medici, which became the seat of the Medici Bank in the Duchy. This was also moved to counter the issue we left off with in the last episode, i.e. the ever-present and now-rising threat of Venice. In June 1451, Venice expelled all the Florentine merchants from its territory. Florence was not pleased. Things continued to escalate until in May of 1452, Venice attacked, assigning the hostilities to mercenary captain Jacopo Piccinino. Only two years after becoming Duke, Francesco was off to war and left Bianca Maria as regent, who did a very good job which included, as we mentioned, donning armour herself for the defence of Cremona. Venice got off to a good start until Francesco Sforza managed to defeat Piccinini at the Battle of Chieri on the 15th of August, 1453. After that, Piccinini was fired and Venice was on the defensive. But they had already lost their enthusiasm for war on the Italian peninsula for the moment due to the fall of Constantinople in May. This was bad news for Venice and would eventually lead to the fall of their commercial empire in the eastern Mediterranean. Milan was pretty keen on ending hostilities too, as they were running out of cash. Eventually, fighting ended with the Peace of Lodi, signed on the 9th of April, 1454. This peace would eventually lead to the Italic League, which combined the main forces of the peninsula in a league that we called the Italian BFFs forever, that was not even close to forever. Venice, Milan, Naples and the Pope were all on board. That same year, Francesco must have felt it would be a nice gesture while his wife Bianca Maria was pregnant to have another illegitimate daughter, Beatrice. 
The peace on the peninsula guaranteed by the Italic League was bad news for mercenaries, and Jacopo Piccinini showed his displeasure by causing havoc in the Papal States. There was a change of popes in this period, from Calixtus III to Pius II, and it was the new pope who asked Sforza for help, which he did. Sforza also helped Ferdinand of Naples with a rebellion of his barons and Genoa against France. Francesco Sforza also wished to leave a lasting legacy in the city of Milan besides the castle he was having built. So he also commissioned the construction of the Magna Domus Hospitalis, known in the city as the Cagranda, the big house that was a hospital for the poor. To this day, the building houses the Milan Polyclinic. Speaking of hospitals and being sick, it is in 1461, at the height of prestige and power, that Francesco Sforza grew seriously ill from hydropsy and gout, to the point that news spread of his death and rebellion broke out in the controlled city of Piacenza. Once again, Bianca Maria stepped in and managed to hold the situation until Francesco got better. In 1462, Milan managed to gain control of a seaport again when Genoa and Savona fell under the influence of the duchy, this time as a vassal of the French crown. To seal these newfound good relations with France, Francesco and Bianca would later send their firstborn Galeazzo Maria with troops to help the king, although the now 21-year-old would not get the chance to prove himself in battle, something he would try and fail to do all of his life. It was in the meeting in which it was decided to send Galeazzo Maria that a 16-year-old Ludovico il Moro first participated in a political meeting. The year before the expedition, 1464, Francesco almost had to go off on Pius II's crusade to free Constantinople, but all of the princes of Italy heaved a sigh of relief when Pius II died just as the fleet was ready to sail off. It didn't really seem like it was going to be successful anyway, the way things were going. As the mid-1460s came and Bianca Maria reached 40, Many of her children had started to leave for diplomatic marriages, and her tolerance for Francesco's continued infidelities grew thinner. The couple began to have rather epic arguments and play tricks on each other that became the juicy inspiration for some of the literature of the time. Once Francesco had a young woman who had caught his eye sent to the castle, only to have Bianca Maria discover her and have her sent away. When Francesco demanded to have her back, Bianca Maria dressed up an old lady and sent her instead. In another situation, Francesco had a lover set up in an expensive house near the Duomo, after which Bianca Maria complained to the papal legate and Pope Paul II, at least according to one source I have for the Sforza, decided to send an inquisitorial investigation to see if the Duke's exaggerated virility could be due to sorcery. He was found innocent in the end. Sorcery or no sorcery, Francesco Sforza died on the 8th of March, 1466. So now the first-born son of Francesco Sforza and Bianca Maria Visconti, Galeazzo Maria Sforza, was to be the new Duke of Milan. 
the problem was that he wasn't in Milan. He was still rummaging. He was still roaming around in France, looking for his great military victory. His mother Bianca Maria and the long-standing minister of his father, Chico Simonetta, wrote urgently to Galeazzo Maria to come back and claim his throne, which he did. To get home, however, he had to go through the lands of the Savoy, and that is where he and his companions were ambushed. They managed to seek refuge in the church and had to stay there for days until Bianca Maria sent some Sforza men who managed to get them out with a cunning plan. They pretended to be passing merchants who managed to distract the church besiegers, allowing Galeazzo Maria and his men to go out the back way. So began the reign of Galeazzo Maria Sforza. His would almost immediately become a lavish court life with hunts, banquets, entertainments, and so on. The thing he liked most of all, however, was sex, and many an orgy was organized for the duke. It was well known that things could get a little bit rough with him, and many a poor woman suffered physical harm at the mercy of his appetites. Although he had many lovers, his favorite was a woman by the name of Lucrezia Landriani, and it may have been she that caused Galeazzo Maria to resist his mother's pressures to find a wife. While we are gossiping, you may remember that it was another Lucrezia, Lucrezia Donati, who was causing a delay in another important marriage around this time, that of Clarice Orsini and her future hubby, Lorenzo the Magnificent. The splendid court life of the Duke of Milan did not come cheap, and so taxation under his rule became quite heavy, which would be one of the elements to spell trouble down the line. Meanwhile, he was pleased to get another opportunity to prove his worth on the battlefield. We have already told this story back in episode 144 when we were visiting with the Medici and we were introduced to the figure of Bartolomeo Colleoni, Bartholomew Bulls. He was now 72 years old and felt that his days were running out and it was time to have some sort of legacy. So when anti-Medici Florentine exiles came to him for help in taking control of Florence, he saw his chance to carve out a fiefdom for himself in 1467. A league was created to counter him with Florence, Milan and the Kingdom of Naples. It was actually also open to Venice as well since Corleone, although employed by Venice, was acting of his own accord. But the most serene republic opted to sit this one out. The Allied army was led by Federico da Montefeltro, Duke of Urbino. There was a lot of manoeuvring and positioning going on, and the rash, impulsive and reckless Duke of Milan was starting to worry everyone a little. It was at this point that the wise Piero de' Medici, de facto leader of Florence, called Galeazzo Maria to Florence as his guest. Galeazzo Maria felt proud, feeling that the Medici trusted only him to give them an update on the situation. But it was in his absence that the Battle of Riccardina, or Molinella, according to where you place it, occurred. It was a very bloody battle, with almost 700 men and almost a thousand horses dead. This was due to a novelty in warfare. Indeed, it was one of the first battles in Italian history 
to use artillery not as siege equipment against castle walls, but aimed directly at troops. Corleone in particular was credited, or blamed if you will, for inventing more mobile forms of artillery that were not as difficult to transport or manoeuvre on the battlefield. Although there was no clear winner, Bartolomeo Corleone did not get what he wanted out of the campaign. All he did get was the malaria that would kill him about eight years later. Galeazzo Maria was livid. Once again, he had lost his chance to prove himself in battle. Nevertheless, he had a duchy to manage, and one thing that became immediately clear was that he didn't want his mother interfering, and he didn't appreciate the help of his father's minister, Chico Simonetta. In 1467, the duke moved his court away from where his mother had held court in the Palazzo dell'Arengo to the newly built Castello Sforzesco. His early moves alarmed many around the duchy and outside, to the point that there were even a few suggestions to Bianca Maria that she should overthrow her son. For the moment, she refused. So it was that a simple document of the 20th of January 1468 to decree road upkeep would be the last one co-signed by Bianca Maria and her son, Duke Galeazzo Maria. That same year, she did obtain what could have been seen at first as a win for her, that is, the marriage of her son to Bona of the House of Savoy. The marriage took place by proxy in Ambois in the Loire region, and the duke sent his half-brother, Tristano, who had to perform the ceremony according to the local custom of the time. The bride and groom were made to lie close to each other and touch each other with a bare leg. When Galeazzo Maria heard of this, it sparked his rather cruel humour. And he told his brother, Tristano, a known homosexual, that he would even have entrusted him with his bride under the covers, so long as he was not with Sir Battista of Monsignore, with whom he said he would not have trusted his brother's abstention. Along with the description of the ceremony, the duke, who had initially not shown much interest in the marriage, started to receive reports of his bride's great beauty, and started to become increasingly obsessed with meeting her. As she made her way to Milan from France, through Lyon, to Genoa, he could no longer wait. He rushed off to meet her, and after another hurried ceremony, the marriage was immediately consummated. Bona of Savoy would certainly have received word of her husband's particular sexual appetites, and it seems that things went well. Galeazzo Melia lost his head over his new wife, showering her with the most lavish gifts as often as he could, and throwing a gigantic wedding party once the couple returned to Milan. From that moment on, he would love no other woman, unless you mean physical love, in which case he just kept on doing what he always had. Their firstborn son would come along soon enough, and his godfather would be Lorenzo the Magnificent. One thing that the new duchess wasn't too keen on was having the old duchess, Bianca Maria, interfering in government and court life, and the duke was more than happy to take the opportunity to banish his mother from court. She was sent off into exile and died later that same year. 
some suspected foul play on the part of the son, but since he had already got his mother out of the way, it seems a bit too much. Now, Galeazzo Maria Sforza no longer had his mother to keep him reined in. One of the victims of his lack of limitations would be the Duke himself. Grazie mille. Thank you very much for listening. Thanks in particular to my lovely Patreon supporters. Alison, Amanda, Anthony, Brian, Selene, Cindy, David, Dean, Dominique, Emily, Eric, Federica, Francisco, Gabriel, George, Greg, Gunnar, Ignacio, Il Valentino, Jacob, Jane, Jeff M, Jeff S, Jeffrey, John, and Juan Diego. Thanks, of course, to the tippy-top Maria Montessori and Dante Alighieri level, Paolo, Lisa K, Andrew M, Peter W, David L, Rinat, David C, Oak, J.W. Sen, David A, and Karen D. If you would like to get in touch for a little bit of a chat or a comment or whatever, hello at ahistoryofitaly.com, or you can follow us on Twitter or on Instagram. Once again, thank you very much for listening, and until next time, arrivederci. Sentire Media. Hey, podcast producers and show hosts. Do you want to join a podcast network that celebrates all things Italian? At Sentire Media, we understand the allure of Italy and its unique culture. Our devoted team of hosts and producers are all driven by their shared passion for Italy. And we work tirelessly to create the best lifestyle podcasts and content that will whisk you away to the very heart of Italy. With us, you can savor the mouth-watering flavors, get lost in the stories from the past, break down the cultural barriers, and truly immerse yourself in the vibrant traditions of this intoxicating country. If you have a great podcast idea or are already in production and would like to join Sentire Media, head over to sentiremedia.com, that's S-E-N-T-I-R-E media.com, and find out how to submit your show.